Did not, and he's not Santa. Well, he was. I've gained 45 pounds in a week. Pete, what's happening to me? Well, what's your diet like? Cooking cookies. Really? But I don't finish all the milk. Well, then there is your problem. Just try to cut back on the sweets, okay? <laughs> and putting on this suit and entering the sleigh, the wearer waves any and all rights to any previous identity, real or implied, and fully accepts the duties and responsibilities of Santa Claus in perpetuity until such time that wearer becomes unable to do so by either accident or design. What does that mean? It means you put on the suit, you're the big guy. Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I'm Dan Takaki, and as always, I'm joined here with my co-host, girlfriend, partner, and the head elf of my effective liberation fighting squad, Kara Zalaya. That's me! Howdy! Hello! If this is your first time joining us, thanks for listening. This is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That is correct. We love Christmas, and we love Christmas movies. So we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not-so-favorites. Kara, can you tell the folks at home what we're watching this week? I certainly can. Y'all are in for a doozy, we are watching John Pasquin's 1994 film, The Santa Claus. The Santa Claus with an E. Yes, starring Tim Allen, Mr. Buzz Lightyear himself. Woo. I cannot believe this movie came out in 1994. This could have come out at any point and any time in our childhood. Yeah, it is one of those movies that is simultaneously timeless and also quintessentially 90s. Yeah. Which when you're a millennial like we are, the 90s feels like a decade that spanned the bulk of our existence. Yeah, the 90s for me kind of lasted the, during the 90s and also during the first decade of the 2000s. Like it kind of all blends together yeah. in a lot of respects. Like we started hitting the 2000s in like 2007 yeah that's when like we hit the jonas brothers that's when we hit the 2000s yeah for sure early britney justin timberlake 90s 90s. sorry i refuse absolutely anyway dear daniel before we pivot into a full 90s nostalgia train i was gonna say podcast oh okay like just let's just start it baby nine 90s days pod you tell the folks at home and frankly me as you do every week mm-hmm. what on earth the film we watched was about and what took place because i've seen this movie several times and i cannot recall yeah this movie on the surface feels pretty straightforward but when we really start to dig into it there's a lot lot of stuff going on here so as we mentioned this movie stars tim allen as scott calvin aka santa claus but not the titular santa claus in this case the santa claus is the reason he becomes santa claus Lots of legal documents making truly starring performances in these Christmas films. Yeah, a lot of legal-based Christmas movies. But anyway, this movie revolves around the family of Tim Allen, including his son, Charlie, who is this five-year-old little boy, and his ex-wife, Laura, and her husband, Neil, who is a psychologist. Neil. We'll get into Neil in a little bit. (laughs) Complicated. Very complicated. Nuanced. (laughs) An interesting character. Sweaters. Scott Calvin is your typical bad dad in the 90s. He's a businessman. He works for a toy company company he does not spend a lot of time with charlie honestly this film could take place in new york city with that plot line but it takes place in 
Michigan. Michigan, yeah, because it's Tim Allen. It's got to take place in Michigan. Charlie has to spend Christmas Eve with his dad, and he really doesn't want to. He has stopped believing in Santa Claus altogether because Neil and Laura have basically told him Santa's not real. (gasps) Tim Allen doesn't like that. He's like, no, Santa's real. Don't worry about it. Santa's real. (laughs) Trust me, I believe in Santa. With about that much conviction as well. Charlie goes into asking questions about how Santa gets around, all this stuff. Like, what about the reindeer? What about the presents? What about people who don't have chimneys? Legitimate questions. Excellent critical thinking skills. That are all fleshed out throughout the movie. That's true. So on Christmas Eve, Tim Allen and Charlie are going to sleep. And all of a sudden, what do they hear? A clatter on the roof. A roof such a clatter. A rose. Oh. Oh. (laughs) A rose, such a clatter. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, you almost got it. No, no. sure. I've definitely read that story ever. Anyway, so they hear a noise on the roof, and Tim Allen goes to check it out. And who's up on the roof? But it's Santa and his eight reindeer. Santa's futzing around on the roof, and what happens? But he falls off, and he dies. Yeah, I'm very fascinated how in this film, one, we witness a death nonchalantly sure charlie comes out and he's like you killed him and it's like fine with it yeah he's not phased by it at all because i guess he thinks at the time that he's an intruder who charlie charlie and tim allen both think that he's an intruder well yeah because that neither of them believe in santa claus right and so they're like i guess we caught him charlie seems pretty chummy with the reindeer right away well yeah so what happens then is santa then kind of turns into dust and the suit remains tim allen for some reason decides to put on his suit because he's cold i guess and then all of a sudden he's santa claus which i understand that that is the clause itself but it feels like that is a risky strategy to have can i pause your beautiful summation thus far of this cinematic experience to ask you a personality question would i put on the suit much like in our extremely popular polar express episode yes i would like to know if in the year of our lord 2020 a santa claus type fella fell off our i guess apartment buildings we're not even the top floor (laughs) i know but we were outside we we were woken up i'm a light sleeper okay and i drag you outside and we witness the death and disappearance of a santa claus type person would you put on the suit no you wouldn't put on the suit but you would go on the polar express yeah i i think those are two very different things i don't think so see i think i'd be much more likely to put on the suit than go on the polar express in this fictional universe that you are depicting does the movie the santa claus exist no so like we wouldn't know about the titular santa claus no but you are looking at reindeer and a sleigh sitting on our apartment's roof i think i would pick up the clothes and bring them up to the roof Mm, interesting i think i would pick them up and bring them to the roof and then try and assess from there i don't think i would immediately put on the suit i don't know i'd like to be clear that i am saying that I would do this more likely than I would get on the Polar Express. And the likelihood of either is zero. I am not touching a dead man's clothing. I am not getting on an alien spaceship next to basically little mooses. It's not happening. No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. I'm going back inside calling 911 and going to sleep. That is not the situation you outlined for me. The situation you outlined for me was, would you put on the suit or would you not put on the suit? And I said, I would not put on the suit. That's fair. You know, you made the right call. Yeah. We, made the, we arrived at the same conclusion. Okay. I, I was <laughs> not given the third option of dissolving the illusion itself. Anyway, 
after the fact that Tim Allen puts on the suit he puts of a on dead the suit man. And basically becomes Santa. He gets in the sleigh, because Charlie's in the sleigh, and the reindeer just take off. And so he decides, okay, I guess I'm going to fulfill the role of Santa tonight. Horrifying. I'm going to go to all these houses, put the presents in. And after he finishes his night of being Santa, they fly off to the North Pole. When they land at the North Pole, they are met with all of the elves of the North Pole, including the head elf, the arch elf, the main man himself, Bernard. It seems to be a common theme among the youth, by which I mean people our age and younger, that they like were into Bernard. Yeah. Are you going to ask me if I was into Bernard as a child? <laughs> I, w- I wasn't. <laughs> no, I just wanted to point out that culturally people our age were into Bernard. That's all. Continue. So they spend the night at the North Pole. They wake up on Christmas Day back at Scott's house. Scott was briefly given the rules of why he is now the Santa Claus, but he's he's in major denial about it. And Charlie is all gung-ho on his dad is now Santa Claus. And he's telling everyone. He's telling his mom. He's telling Neil. Neil and Laura are like, what did you guys do last night? Like, what <laughs> happened? Tim Allen's like, ah, I don't know. We both had a collective fever dream, I think. Must have had some bad eggnog. <laughs> That's wow. my Tim Allen, guys. Wow, it's like he's here. <laughs> yeah. Real quick, can you give me your best Tim Allen? To infinity and beyond. No, that's not Tim. That's not the Tim Allen. The Tim Allen is. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we drink. Uh, no, it's not words, babes. <laughs> it's just the. It's just the grunts. It's. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Absolutely terrible. He's right here with us. You can. I don't know how he got in. Not good. But that was the noise he made. Not me. Don't <laughs> fall for it for a second audience the rest of this movie is just tim allen just trying to figure out if he is in fact santa or not and he keeps waking up every day growing a beard his hair is going gray he's getting fatter every time he eats all the while he is slowly going insane but also becoming more sane in that he is realizing that he is santa because he is santa but in the eyes of everyone else that are in his life he is going more insane i should say the movie takes place over the over the year between Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve again. And throughout that year, he slowly starts to lose custody of Charlie and then officially loses custody of Charlie. Neil and Laura think he is unfit to be a parent for him because he's putting all of these terrible quote thoughts in Charlie's head about him being Santa Claus and they're afraid for Charlie. It is very much a movie that was trying to create some form of representation for children of divorce Mm -hmm. which good for it you know i I think it it does that it's interesting because it puts charlie as is the case often with these types of divorce family between his two families between his biological parents and his new family unit with his stepdad right all that said it's interesting how far we've come with these types of conversations in film because then you watch something like Mm ant-man and you're like look at these people co-parenting amazingly well and not feeding into these divorcing stereotypes now if you took the cast of ant-man and (gasps) cast them in the santa claus oh my god oh my god reboot it right now hollywood it's yours i know you're hurting Bobby Cannavale as Neil. Yes. Paul Rudd as Santa Claus. Oh my God. So much better. Less problematic people. Make it happen. (laughs) So the last maybe like 20 minutes of this movie is really when it begins to take off. So it's on Christmas Eve again. Santa is delivering presents. In some way or another, he gets into contact with Charlie. And then Charlie goes on the sled with him. And he starts flying around delivering presents with Charlie. And then they get back to Charlie's mom's house. And what happens while they're inside. But they are raided by the police. 
Oh, yeah. What so, is it with the police showing up in all of these movies? I mean, I guess if you're doing something that's quintessentially American, the police are somehow involved. Uh, yeah, I guess Elf has the police. Also, all of the courtroom ones have the police. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life has the police. There's a lot of police. A lot of police activity in these movies. He did effectively kidnap Charlie. I no, will that's say. fair. No, no, no. You for know, sure, for sure. That's a crime. No, no doubt about it. He ends up going to jail for the night, which is bad because he has to deliver the presents to all the kids but he is then busted out by the elves all capital letters the effective liberation fighting squad and they bust him out of jail using tinsel they get him back to his sled and tim allen then convinces laura and neil that he really is santa claus by giving them a mystery date game and wienermobile whistle he goes with charlie and delivers all the presents to everybody comes back the next day wakes up it's christmas there's presents everywhere then i think the movie ends <sighs> what, what a, a journey, journey. <laughs> This movie's a fun time, but Kara, do you have any notes or thoughts on this? Because I certainly do, but let's have you kick it off. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts, a Mm -hmm. lot of anecdotes, a lot of questions. Yes. Uh, Let me start with anecdotes. Recently, you and I engaged in a conversation about the Oscar Mayer mobile. Yes, the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. Yes, a thing that I had heard of and seen in culture, Mm -hmm. but wasn't aware was a real roving nightmare machine. Right, yeah. That you have witnessed. I've witnessed and eaten a hot dog out of. I just wanted to bring this up because it's tangentially related to Neil's wiener whistle. Yeah. I'm shocked that this exists. If I saw the Wienermobile barreling down the highway, I would lose my fucking mind i i would not i would not be able to handle it i would have to literally just park the car on the side of the highway and just scream just i it's not even like i'm not i'm not afraid of it but it It seems like you're a little afraid of it and no shame in that fear but like it's okay to recognize your fear folks i really want to discuss neil we need to discuss his sweaters his sweater game is unparalleled it is top tier it is genuinely like a david rose from schitt's creek level of obsession with his own sweaters like it takes time to curate sweaters quite as iconic as neil's in santa claus yeah as a psychologist he really has to have that warm welcoming sweater game yeah absolutely he brings the heat with his sweaters i hadn't even thought about that because Mm -hmm. as someone who has frequented many a therapist yes if my therapist was wearing a sweater like that upon my first meeting i would inherently trust them with everything sure the level of depths that we would get into in every session ugh, mm-hmm. unparalleled so hats Amazing off to stuff. neil we hats love off it. to neil hats off to therapists department. who are welcoming clothing <laughs> yes into the costume department that definitely did an excellent job curating these sweaters yes i do think it's unbelievably magical when we meet the elves yeah i think the north pole stuff in this movie is top tier north pole like yeah. fantastical the toy making center that they have is incredible it's so fun it's so whimsical and festive i love all of the elves and i love everything that the elves seem to be able to do i like that they have all of these like contingency plans laid out like they're very well organized they're like we've been doing this for forever we've got it yeah 
The only things that I take qualms with in this movie would take away from what this movie's trying to be. Right. I just know that this movie is trying to be something where I'm not the target demo. Right. And I do think it's funny in that it is such a Tim Allen vehicle because it is that time. It's that home improvement. It's that uh, uh, jungle uh, to uh. jungle. So the things that I scratch my head at or don't fully understand truly are just a cultural clash in my head where I'm like, I don't get the appeal of Tim Allen yeah. personally. However, I do think this movie is very funny and I know this movie backwards and forwards. Like I was quoting the movie to the movie. Mm -hmm. When Charlie says, causes you to lash out irrationally, I said <laughs> it at the same time. Yeah. The one thing I will say is Charlie is extremely articulate for yes. a five-year-old in this movie. Yes, and it is. is like almost jarring how he goes from being super articulate to then being, you know, like a five-year-old that's sad. And it's like this actor is really good in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And that is a perfect way to transition into my last part of my notes segment, which is the popular, the well-known, the Culkin cuteness scale. Ba -ba -ba -ba! Yes. Tell me, where where does Charlie fall on the Culkin cuteness scale? So as we've discussed, at the 12 days of Christmas on cuteness, always Macaulay Culkin. And I stand by that. We have now watched a dozen Christmas movies and no one matches the incredible iconic power of Macaulay Culkin. You literally gave Natalie Wood a 12 out of 12. Well, but she's under, <laughs> but she's under Macaulay. Okay. They could both be 12s, but I really it's think that. 1A, 1B. Yeah, correct. Okay, correct, that's correct. fair. That's fair. And it's a good clarifying point. Absolutely. On the lower end at the one is the kid from, what's his name? Frankie? Ralphie. Ralphie. <laughs> from a Christmas story. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that Charlie is a solid 10. 10? Like, I don't think he's at the level of Natalie Wood and Macaulay Culkin. Sure. Who are just truly iconic. Yeah, he's almost trying too hard to be both of them. He's trying too hard yes. to be the articulation of Natalie Wood and the cuteness of Macaulay Culkin. And so I can see where that drops him a little bit. Yes. However, he is unbelievably cute. He's very sweet. He's got that that traditional 90s boys bowl haircut. And yeah. I just know so many boys that look <laughs> like that at my age. I feel like half of my first grade class looked like Charlie. Yeah, he had that he had that good bowl cut. So that's it for my notes. Nice. Do you have any? I don't have that many notes. I think this movie's so quick that it is almost hard for me to pinpoint certain things that I would cut or change or do anything to mm -hmm. just because it flew by. It's about 90 minutes and it went very quickly. And I struggled to remember a lot of the details in between Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve again. Right. Right. I will say, though, I love the elves. I've talked up the elves a lot. I think Bernard is a top-tier Christmas movie character. Yes, you know, Bernard rules. You know, we, we haven't talked a lot about the side characters in all of these movies. You know, we've talked a lot about the Macaulay Culkin cuteness scale of yes. the children in this movie. But, like, Bernard might be my favorite side character in all of these movies. Yeah, to me, he's tied up there with the very Brooklyn boy from Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, Big fan of his. Alfred. Yeah, Alfred. Alfred was a great side character. And I think in the next couple movies, Bernard really takes on a more important role. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, if we're talking top tier side characters, we've got Yukon Cornelius. Yukon! Obviously. <laughs> And the angel from It's a Wonderful Life. We should introduce a segment next season mm. where we talk about who our favorite side characters are and our explorations in them. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that is that is sort of all the notes I have. I Again, 
I like this movie a lot. It's a classic Christmas movie, and I'm I'm excited next next season to get into the second second Santa Claus. With that in mind, do you have any trivia or fun facts about this movie? I love learning who else was considered for the titular roles in these films. Yeah. And this might be my favorite. Was it Paul Rudd? Did we get it right? <laughs> he was around in 1994, and he does look exactly the same. But no, it was not him. Okay. It was originally written with this actor in mind. Who? Bill Murray. Bill Murray? Yes. Wow. Could you imagine how different that would have been? That would have been a fully different movie. And he was straight up offered the role. Wow. But he declined after reading the script saying that it did not suit his humor. That is correct. I don't think this does suit his humor. I think that would have been an extremely different movie. It would have been very strange. Could you just imagine Bill Murray groundhogging, daying it up? <laughs> that's that's sort of where my brain is going to is I picture him being lethargic about being Santa Claus and like having trouble with the denial aspect of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the elves, as we mentioned, are scattered throughout the movie in Scott and Charlie's world. Yes. Do you think that the elves are invisible to non-Santa folk, but we can see them as the audience, but the people in the in the town can't see them? Well, I wonder about that too, because apparently there is an elf seated in Charlie's classroom hmm. who then disappears in that scene. Just the way these elves operate, I bet they have ways to make themselves visible and invisible, because when they're in the police station, the elf liberation fighting squad shows up right in front of the desk of the person in charge of the jail, and they're like, we want to get them out. And they're like, no. And then they just kind of take them down instantly. And so they have this kind of like very stealth rogue-like capability. So I wonder if they can kind of turn themselves invisible. Yeah, I, I don't fully know. And I also don't fully understand elf lore. Elf lore is confusing because there's so many different mythologies of elves in right. different parts of pop culture and mythological histories that it's hard to keep track of. Yeah, yeah. And I want to get into the Santa Claus lore, but I need to tell you other people who were considered for the part that was written for Bill Murray. The Santa Claus? The Santa Claus. Okay. Are you ready for this list? Yeah. It is very 90s. Okay. So we've got Robin Williams. Naturally. Tom Hanks. Okay. Yeah. Chevy Chase. Yeah, that sounds right. Kurt Russell. Yeah, I can see that. John Travolta. Uh. Michael Keaton. Oh, that would have been good. You love Michael Keaton. I sure do. <laughs> Harrison Ford. Yeah. And Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, no. I know. That would have been terrible. This is not a Seinfeld house. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> one more, one more. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Could have been any of those folks. That was Michael Keaton. Clearly, clearly. It's like he was here. <laughs> Also, Alan Rickman was considered for this, too. I'm just looking at this running list. Alan Rickman? I know. (laughs) That's so weird. I know. And lastly. Yes. My favorite casting for the part of Laura. Yeah. This woman was considered to be a part of Laura and would be my first choice for the remake with Michael Keaton. Liza Minnelli. (laughs) Oh, my God. I kept this from you. I took meticulous notes. I paced this. Okay, everyone, listen to me. Right now, I need you all to pause the podcast. Go to youtube.com, search SNL, Liza Minnelli turns off a lamp. This is my favorite sketch of all time. It is with Jonah Hill and Kristen Wiig, and it is so niche and so weird. And every time, 
I am left crying with how funny it is. This is not an exaggeration. Dan watches this once a week. I Anytime anyone comes over, which is few and far between in this <laughs> current pandemic. pandemic, I make them watch this. And if you were to cast actual Liza Minnelli in this movie, she would have stolen the entire movie. This would have not been the same. Cast Liza Minnelli as the Santa Claus. (laughs) Be brave, Hollywood. We're gender gender bending Santa Claus, and Liza Minnelli is playing every role in this movie. Liza Minnelli is playing Santa Claus. Stanley Tucci is playing Laura. Neil is played by Michael Keaton. Oh my God. (laughs) The year is 2020. I don't think we have time to get into the lore of Santa Claus because we've just been so swamped with these Santa Claus amazing. times travels and he can stop time, everybody. We've all kind of established <laughs> that across the floor. We know. Santa can stop time. There's 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 no rhyme or reason around it, but that's what he can do. He can I think stop that, time. I think that where we can land on how Santa exists is that it's like whose line is it anyway, where it's like the points don't matter and everything is made up, but also everything is everything you've heard about Santa Claus is hundred percent true and every way that you think Santa Claus works is right. Right. And parents are bad at communicating, and that's how they end up with presents that they didn't understand why they're there. Yes, correct. That is the only thing about the Santa lore that I fully have never understood. How the parents who don't believe in Santa end up accepting that there are presents there. Yes, correct. That's the only thing about the Santa that doesn't make sense. The only thing. I said it. Brave, brave, brave. I can understand time travel. I can't understand (laughs) bad communication. Put that on our tombstones. (laughs) You're going to make a sweater that says that. (laughs) Merch, merch, merch. And that's it for for my trivia. If and when we do Santa Claus 2 next Mm. season, I will include some stuff that might be spoilerific for that film. That's fair. That's that's probably for the best for both of us. All right, folks, as we do every episode, it is time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, Kara... Out of 12, how many days of Christmas do you give this film? As I've stated already, this film is not for me. And I enjoy this film at the same time, but also have very few notes. Sure. I'm going to be like Dan and say, beyond that, I'm not going to quantify it. I'm giving it seven swans of swimming. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's a fair score. Yeah. 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 Dear Daniel, out of 12 days of Christmas, how many days are you giving the Santa Claus. So I thought I was going to give it a higher score, but then you told me that Liza Minnelli thing. <laughs> and now I'm a little bummed that she's not in this movie. But I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to give this movie, I'm afraid to say, because I know it's going to come my way. I'm going to give this movie eight maids a milking. Eight little maids with their little cows. You know, when you do that... <laughs> just a little others it's it's helpful because then i don't actually have to give an explanation as to why this is an eight no be brave no originally i was gonna give this a nine and then i decided this isn't as good as home alone and i don't often compare movies to one another on the scale of our movies but i'm like i like home alone more than i like this movie but i like this movie plenty plenty fine and as i think we both said to each other we would watch this again before christmas starts oh yeah absolutely it's it's a great it's a great christmas movie even if it's like a little confusing as to what it's about and who it's for but it's (laughs) it's definitely christmas in this movie and it's it's just got a good christmasy vibe and i love the elves i love bernard charlie's great all the characters in this movie are great there's no like there's nobody in this cast that's really holding anybody down and yeah i like it a lot eight out of eight out of twelve wonderful yeah thank you all for listening 
As you all know, we are only one week away from Christmas. Hachi machi, one week. <laughs> Hachi machi, indeed. Which means that we're also one week away from the season finale of 12 Days Pod. Boo. Time flies when you are having fun on Santa's sleigh. It sure does. We're so thankful for all of you who have been listening. Please continue to share, review, and tell other people about our very silly, very fun podcast. Be sure to tune in next week because we do have a special holiday surprise for all of you. Yes. Join us next time as we take a look back at... The Muppets Christmas Carol! Yay! Yay! Kermit, what are you doing here? I don't know. I guess we'll find out next week. (laughs) We're so happy to have you, Kermit. That's it for this week. And as we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas!